Hello, and welcome back to Oh My Word, the podcast about Watford FC in the 1990s. I'm Matthew, and as ever, I'm joined by Michael. How are you doing, Michael? Long time no see. Yeah, long time no see. Back, good to be back for a, a bumper Christmas special. You got the uh, headphones and microphone out of stories, did you? Did <laughs> found them found them rattling around somewhere. Yep, still works. Still good. works. Looking forward to this. Good, dusted off the kit and ready to go. Yep. Well, today's mission is we are trying to establish the essence of Watford's nineties in a single eleven. I don't think we're looking for a group of players that kind of best represent the decade in its entirety, whether that's uh, floundering in the third tier or sitting in mid-table mediocrity or, or even racing away to uh, a second successive promotion. In practicalities, Michael, I think what we're after here is some sort of combination of quality and longevity, I think. I think that there could be a place in this eleven for either a steady Eddie who made hundreds of appearances uh, just as much as there is someone who burned a little bit brighter and quicker is that sort of how you imagined it as well yeah i think you know we've been, we've we've already talked a lot haven't we about who our favorite players were during this era and there are there's the obvious qualities you know being able to score goals being able to keep them out but also just like the intangibles of of watfordness which you know, hopefully we'll be able to pick out some of that as well. Like just what what made them total legends, basically. Exactly. In, in, yeah. In Vicarage Road in the nineties. Um so I'm sure we'll get into some of that. I'm sure we'll get into some of that. And the other thing is, you know, it being the nineties, it's got to be four four two as well. None of this, you know, three at the back nonsense. None of this none of no four three three, no inverted wingers, you know, it's it's four four two all the way because that. Okay, that, let me just. I'm, I'm just scrubbing out of my notes here. The the trek or <laughs> the trek or teaser and the register. They're they're, 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 they're gone. gone now. They're gone. No, absolutely not. I mean, Keith I know, Dublin I know. at Libero is no no longer in the team. <laughs> well, a prime, there was a period of prime roadable where I think we were playing with a sort of a a diamond in midfield for a while. Oh, it's absolutely. Back four. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know. I will I will consider some variation on the four four two, but ultimately that it's 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 gotta be that's gotta be the core components of it, I think. Yeah, I, I, agree. Really I, mean, well, I think I think we'll and I'm, we'll and I'm brushing that. over yeah. I'm brushing over Graham Taylor's experiment with Tommy Mooney as in a back three as well. But um yes. but again, I think we'll we'll try to keep it simple. Uh we'll try Let's to keep, keep it smart. simple. I'm slightly daunted by your revelation that you've been compiling a a, a, a database of you know uh, <laughs> statistics and God knows what else. I'm trying referred... to out Rouse and Rouse and so let's. Uh... <laughs> Fanny just referred to your document that you needed to bring up for this. Is... <laughs> My files, yeah. Your yeah. files. No, well, I've got. We've got a to scribbled... just navigate through the folder structure. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a scribbled note that I did on the train home. So um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll I, think, you, I, right. I think you, yeah, I think you might have the wrong impression about my uh, quote-unquote <laughs> notes, but we'll get going. So, so what All we'll right. do is we'll go through this side in position order. Let's see if we have the same opinion or if we need to have an uneasy negotiation or whatever. But should we start things off with goalkeepers? I Let's think start um, with the keepers. I think with respect to the likes of uh, Steve Cherry or Keith Woff or whoever, there, there really are only two, maybe three contenders here, do you think? I had I had three contenders of David James, Kevin Miller, and Alec Chamberlain yeah. were the three that I'd say were you know worthy of consideration as getting the golden gloves for the nineties. <laughs> yes, uh, no disrespect to Perry Digweeds, um, but he didn't quite make the cut. No, he didn't quite make the cut. I, thought, I think I actually think Perry Digweed may have shortened my life expectancy to be honest but yeah this is um, a perry free team isn't it this is a perry free team so let's take should we take those should we take that uh, did you have anyone else was that your three did you have anyone else no, that was three? my th- that was my three as well yeah i think so for me um uh those those three david james phenomenal goalkeeper a bit of a one of a kind for the decades you know a, a youth team product who burst onto the scene in one of the worst Watford teams that I've ever watched uh, uh, and somehow managed to avoid being relegated despite being managed by Colin Lee and having the likes of 
Barry Ashby and Keith Dublin playing in front of him. But <laughs> um, so I think he's a he's a he's a very strong uh, contender for me. Um, what are your thoughts on on Kevin Miller? I think Miller is uh, is is a strong contender. Um, couple of Player of the Season awards. I think pretty much universally was great. A goalkeeper when they're out of form is a is a big problem for a side, and with a, lots of other things going wrong in that Watford team, while he was he was a part of it, he was very reliable, very dependable. Yeah. Certainly one of the best, if not the best keeper in that division. Um, I was always amazed he never really kind of kicked on and took his game to another level. But uh, And in fact, some of his best best parts of his career probably were at Watford, I think. Um, I think that's true. I think he's, uh, I think he's a, a major contender for this uh, for the shirt, for the Golden Gloves, as you describe it. We've got Chamberlain. And I think Chamberlain Chambo. is... Chamberlain. Yeah, Chamberlain. Yeah. Chamberlain, there's another one who did the best, you know, some of their best work of their entire career at Watford and probably another one who was very su- surprising in that regard because he came, he was really signed as a reserve goalkeeper, wasn't he? For he not was, very much yeah. money. Yeah. Um, and, and ended up taking the, taking the clubs and then keeping them for the most successful period that Watford had in the nineties and one of the most successful periods in their history when they got back to back promotions. And he was again, incredibly reliable, never seemed to have a, a, a really bad game and was part of that just remarkable team spirit that, you know, kind of epitomized it in a sense of sort of underdogs coming good and defying the odds and taking on anyone. There's actually, this is probably, this is a tough one. I think the keepers, um, should we, should we put our cards on the table in terms of. Yeah. I think that, um, that period of time where Miller kept, 600 clean sheets in a row uh i think that period of form that season of his is enough to elevate him to uh, my first choice well see i had i had david james because because he was he broke the mold for Mm. goalkeepers in that time and because he was a rookie um and he had two excellent seasons in goal that earned him you know a move to liverpool uh, for big money. And then he went on to, he did go on to have an excellent top flight career and was at one point, uh, England goalkeeper as well. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about what they did at Watford and although Miller had the sort of better defensive record, I'd say in terms of clean sheets, I think David James was, he was, had a remarkable presence in the goal and, um, it's tough. It's a tough one because I could, you could make the case for any one of those three. It's interesting you say that because I, um, perhaps this is, despite my the facts and figures that have fallen out of my head and spreadsheet and all the rest of it, um, perhaps I haven't given this enough thought because I kind of really saw this as a shootout between Miller and Chamberlain. Ah. And so, so to, see, to, James's to hear you sort of, you know, you know, go to bat for James is um, is an interesting one. It's making me making me think about it a little bit deeper. <laughs> um, I thought I thought that Chamberlain is a strongly associated with that great bit of success in the late nineties, and I think Miller is associated with the Petchy, the better performances in in some of the Petchy years. Yeah, James almost feels, and this is probably just my opinion on the decade rather than Watford mm. or David James. James because of his 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 spell as Watford's number one was right at the beginning of the decade. In a sort of Paul Wilkinson sense, kind of feels like you know it was all pre-sky. It kind of feels almost of a different vintage. No, I know what you mean. Which yeah. is which is a stupid thing to say uh, when you really think about it. But I think that's probably just where my where I pigeonhole pigeonhole him in my brain. So uh, I. I think if we if if we were to dig in the, into this even more, then we'd we'd probably run out of time. Um, if we were to do this for every position, I I can I can see your uh, your desire to put James in, and I wouldn't have any arguments against it. Miller Miller was just the obvious first choice for me, uh, the one that jumped out at me. We can have our preferred elevens, okay. and we can see where there's some overlap at the end, and see okay. if we want to fight it out at the end for any of them. That's the other thing. Idea. My closing remark on James would be that he was incredibly, it was 
you know, that makes him sound like he's dead. He's still very much alive, despite his battles with sensible soccer addiction um, <laughs> on his Commodore Amiga, which is another great 90s reference. Um, <laughs> but he's also very handsome, which I think was unusual for 90s goalkeepers as well. So, you know, he was, you know, know, that's... Yeah. I don't know. Can I, I think, no, I don't, I don't think any. I don't think Miller would be cast in a leading role in a 1940s Hollywood <laughs> spectacle. But, but he wasn't without his admirers, I'm sure. <laughs> Fair point. You're going, You're really. You're not letting me push Miller out of the equation. No, I'm. Here, I'm so letting you have James, and I'm letting myself have Miller. And right. uh, may, maybe our our desire to negotiate an uneasy truce has failed at the goalkeeping <laughs> position yeah. number one. So, and I think we're just saying chain, Chambo, total ledge. Yeah. But, you know, anyone, anyone we talk about today is, you know, firmly stamped with the legend stamp, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I would hope so. I would no. hope so. Not, yeah. Well, it depends if you're going to start talking about Keith Dublin, but there we are. 190 um, appearances in the 90s, <laughs> Keith Dublin. Oh, oh, oh God. Um, right, are we are we doing left to right across the back four? I think you've got to go. Uh, no, you, no one goes left to right across the back. Four. <laughs> Number two okay. is the right back. <laughs> let's go. Let's go right to left across right the, to left the, across the defence. Then the midfield. God, I've nearly committed a huge faux pas. Oh God, how can I All end right. this Zoom call now? Okay, uh, tell me who you've tell right me who your your shortlist for right back is then. Gibbs Baisley. Yep. That is it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's those two. That's it. I was yeah. pondering whether Gerard Lavin gets a <laughs> for scoring for scoring an absolute thunder bastard uh, uh, to open the Vicarage Road stand, whether he gets a, a shout, but um, uh, and that goal at Peterborough, to be fair, but no, he wasn't. You couldn't have Gerard Lavin in a team of the nineties. I was I was just trying to broaden the pool a bit more but it was not it was it was slim pickings i think it's fair to it's say, a very noble endeavor but you know gibbs and basley <laughs> it's a noble both, endeavor both, but yeah. shut up <laughs> <laughs> yeah but please don't do that again yeah. uh, um gibbs and basley um both spent the majority of the 90s in the in the team basley could play as a winger gibbs could yeah. play as a you know right-sided centre-back so there were times that they were they were in the same team yeah, gives you the most defensive minded of the two, and obviously Baisley could get forward and whip in across from deep or even even from the byline. I think this is a pretty 50-50 one for me. Um, mm. although I yeah, I do I do have a an opinion. Um I'm putting Gibbs in at right back. I think he's he's Sir Nigel Gibbs, isn't he? He's uh he's yeah. he he of the people that we're you know bestowing legend status upon today, I think he he ought to be a towards the front of the queue he's firmly associated with Watford and for all of the many good reasons and he played over 250 times in the 90s despite missing what probably more than two seasons worth through injury yeah he basically he missed two seasons and then came back and was back in for the sort of push at the start you know when we won the second second division title he was back into the team but but that was after missing virtually all of the previous two seasons um it's weird though because i don't have i had i was really torn on this one it's because i don't really have vivid memories of gibbs um Mm. even though he played loads of football and i think that maybe that's just more because of the type of player he was that he was just there and yeah whereas i actually i think i remember basically only really had one one really solid season at right back but it was an amazing one because we got promoted to the Premier League and he actually kept Gibbs out of the team that season at yeah. right back. But that was like the first time Baisley had put together a solid season, probably in his Watford career. And it was an excellent season. And then he left. So I feel like for that reason, although there was, there was lots of Baisley moments in the nineties, he only really had one solid season, which was that 98, 99 one. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to agree. I, I, I think you probably with go with Gibbs. Yeah. I think okay. you go with Gibbs. Where to next? It's the first centre-back. If we're going across the... Let's do the, the centre-backs. Should we deal with them as a pair? Let's um, deal with them as a pair. Because let's... I think this is probably one of the more meatier challenges because yeah, I could... I could challenge. got sort of six or seven options probably, I think, really. Some yep. good ones. Shall I, shall I give you some names? And you, give me some names. Let me know what you think of them. David Holdsworth. Definitely. 
Colin Foster. Legend. Keith Millen. Steady. Robert Page. Leader. Steve Palmer. Mr. Dependable. Glenn Roder. Oh, I, I loved Roder. Loved Roder. Keith Dublin. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That will be the last time I mentioned it. <laughs> I think those. I think you could make a case of any pair of those. Yeah, I had all of those on my list. Um, any more? Uh, no. Who have I, I forgotten? Think, no, I think that I, I. I don't think. I don't think Mark Watson gets onto the list. Um, I don't think he does. No. Um, uh, I don't think Barry Ashby does either. Um, no. I think. I think those are your. Those are the ones who played the most and we saw the most of during that decade, I think. So for me, one that has to, that I feel it's just it's really hard this one because there's there's players that I like I really like a lot of these players. Like yeah. sort of was sort of personally because they were you know, the centre backs were the sort of, you know, very much the sort of leaders of the team and the no nonsense guys who Sorted everyone out. Um, at least these guys tried to anyway. I think Colin Foster had such an impact when he came into the team. And I just have such fond memories of him doing these ridiculous, ridiculous interceptions, like uh, tackles where it looked like someone was going past him and he'd stick up this long leg and just hook the ball away from him and just soaking up everything that was hit towards him in the air. I always felt a lot more safer and secure when Foster was at the back. Mm-hmm. I know he had he had almost minus pace, but that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which... F- football manager or FIFA or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pace <laughs> minus ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In today's game might be a bit of a barrier, but this is a a nineties team and he it was still quite a physical game and he he didn't seem to. It didn't seem to cause him too many problems. Um, uh, yeah. Despite that, how how do you feel about Foster? Because I I kind of I I feel I tried to argue around it, but I can't get around Foster. I just feel like he has to be in like a like a lot of uh, like a lot of strikers back in the day. Yeah. Can't get around Foster. I haven't selected him, and mm. the reason that for that is uh, the internet tells me he played seventy eight times, and I reckon. For half of those, he was absolutely imperious. Couldn't get past him. Head like a magnet, you know, cool, calm, composed. Scored a good volley at one point, if I remember correctly. Marshaled a good defence. Transformed a defence, let alone sort of, you know, improved it. Like, it was not a defence and then it was. However, I feel like the last 30 or so appearances, if I'm making that number up, it might be completely incorrect, he was not great. When once his pace went from minus ten to minus fifteen, as it did when he was on our books, I think he became not a liability. That would be very unfair. Even when he was having his worst uh, form for us, he was still a he's still a solid player. Um, but I think that there are others. Uh, but essentially, he's not one of the the two that I've chosen. But you know. Absolute legend. The the he's a moments man for me, and that transformation in that what what was it ninety three or ninety four um, mm-hmm. was was extraordinary, and I was exactly the right age to to sort of fully inhale all of that stuff and just you know hook it to my veins and all that sort of business. He was he was brilliant. I instead, I mean this is this is interesting because we're picking two, so you may have this person in as well. I picked Robert Page. I think that he. Came into the team. He was a captain. He was born a captain, wasn't he? He was. He was probably commanding mm-hmm. his family around before he could speak. Um, and you know, as we as we speak now, the World Cup is coming towards an end, and obviously Wales didn't have a good time in that World Cup. But he's he's brought that kind of charisma, I guess, in a sort of quiet charisma, um, leadership. It feels no nonsense, but not in a kind of kind of old fashioned proper football man sort of way. I think he commands respect and it's been great to see him do so well with Wales over the last couple of yeah. years. And when he was in our team, kind of watching him emerge as we did in the nineties from a, from a, a talented rookie into a, you know, he was, he was properly Watford's captain by the age of sort of 22, wasn't he? Like, yeah. 
um, not just having the armband, but properly inhabiting the role. Um, I think it's difficult for me to look past uh, look past Paige as, as one of my selections. Agreed, agreed. So yes, I was gonna. Essentially, I had Foster and Paige as my unbelievably slow centre back pairing, who you would not want to put up against. Um, we would play a bit deep. Forwards. We would play quite deep. Wouldn't We'd we? have to yeah. play quite deep. We'd have to play Low quite block. deep. But we wouldn't. We wouldn't struggle for sort of presence. I think in that. I, th- uh, I fancy uh, fancy they both be amongst the goals as well, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Set pieces. You know, you're probably adding another eight or nine goals to the tally just in set pieces from those two, clearing exactly. everyone out at corners. Yeah, I bet I can. I'm. No, I'm not going to second guess who you've got as your second CV. Well, you can tell me. It was it was a it was a toss up between Millen and Palmer. Uh, I've gone for Millen, and as I say those words Intriguing. out loud, I'm wondering if I've I wonder if I've made the right choice or not. But I think I could probably pick Millen for similar reasons that you picked Foster. Um, well, so I suppose there were my reasons, weren't they, that you picked Foster? Because I was talking about how he kind of transformed that defence, and and Millen was very much part of that as well. He was. And played played a lot more games, was around for a lot longer than, than Foster was. You know, played for a good two or three seasons more, didn't he? I just really, really liked Keith Millen. I thought he was... I used to just kind of think of him in terms of a five and a six, you know, like a a, a dominant stopper of a centre-half and and someone that would cover a little bit more. I'm not really sure how my pairing kind of kind of goes in that, in that way, but I, I feel like Millen and Page are an intelligent pairing that... Um, would marshal that defence, and I, and I'm happy with my picks as well. I went to university in Bath. I went there in the late night. Wait, in 1999, after Millen left Watford, he went to I think Bristol City, either as a player or a, or a coach. And I I bumped into him in in the Lytton Tree, a pub at the top of uh, of of Bath, of Milsom Street in Bath. Lovely, it was a lovely pub. It's probably a revolution now, I'm sure. Um, but it was good to bump into him at the bar and exchange pleasantries and tell him how much I enjoyed his time as a Watford player. So I think probably from that that very boring anecdote alone, he deserves a <laughs> deserves a place in my team. Really loved the way you lent into forwards with your elbow and just moves them out of the way and headed <laughs> it clear, Keith. Loved yeah, exactly. the way you did that. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you're doing it at the bar right now, aren't you? Yeah, excellent stuff. Yeah. Get the attention of that barmaid. Go on. Leave it around the way. <laughs> right, okay. So Slight discrepancy. We're both a page is in. Page is in both, I think there's, yeah. you know, just epitomizing the proud Welshman vibe at centre back. Yeah. And then we've we've got either side of the the ninety four ninety five centre back pairing in Foster and Millen um, alongside him. Yeah. So uh, who's who? Which See, this make, is this is the make... this is the point where I'd love to be playing. I'd love to be playing five three two here. You know, I'd love to be playing th- yeah. like three at the back because you could get three of them in and you wouldn't have to compromise quite as much. Never mind. Let's move on. Oh, I'm not sure I would pick them as a back three. I have to say, I think that's where your man Keith Dublin would be making an appearance. But um, uh, <laughs> if we're talking back threes, but but we're not. So he's so he's not. Sorry, Keith. Right, left back. I feel like this is probably going to be the shortest one that we'll do the left back position. I'd be very surprised if we need to have much of a debate about this. Robert, that's interesting. I think um, I think we've got in a fairly distant third place. We've got Jason Drysdale, and then battling out for the number three shirt, Kennedy and Robinson. I see. Interesting, because I think. Or do you just think it's Robinson? Well, I think it depends on where you think. Kennedy did his best work yeah. in a Watford shirt because you could have Kennedy at left back or you could have him at um, uh, left midfield. And well, this this I did I didn't mention it at the time, but you could have the same thing about Darren Baisley. And... You could. Well, I've got him. A, I, spoiler alert: I had him a right back and on right midfield. So you've got him, um, two of your eleven my, are Darren Baisley in my in the long list. I see. Not, yeah, in, me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, I've got, so, so I had Kennedy on the, the long list for left back. Well, I've got Steve Palmer midfield. in the long list in every position. So, you know, this is just how it works. <laughs> That's true. That is how it works. That is how it works. We didn't talk about Palmer at centre-back, but I, I 
feel like we talked about Steve Palmer a lot in uh, um, uh, the episodes that we did. And whilst yeah. I loved him, I, I don't think he was as a centre back wasn't in the same class as those other ones. So, um, yeah. so I think that's I think it's fine that we glossed over that on this particular yeah. episode. But yes, left backs. I don't think there's much of a debate for me because as Kennedy was a fantastic we'll talk about Kennedy I think we can talk about him now but as left back I think Robinson was like what is is one of the legendary Watford left backs of all time and yeah. I, I just don't think there's much of a debate about if you just had to pick one from this decade the fact that he burst on he, to the scene as a youth team player in the mid 90s and then nailed down that spot uh, uh, you know, and made hundreds of appearances, broke legs, scored the odds, scrappy goal, you know, cheerleader on people's shoulders, getting the, getting the crowd going, you know, leading the celebrations, took no prisoners, did some really daft things, um, but was the most committed player that, you know, you could possibly hope to see in in a Watford shirt, uh, and was a decent. You know, again, another player actually had a career afterwards. Played at the played in the top flight, played a lot of games for West Brom and Birmingham afterwards. Played for ages, um, didn't he? Played for ages. ages. Played to yeah. for forty, didn't he? Probably. Yeah, yeah. For me, for me, it's Robbo. I don't know if you disagree. I flirted with Kenny. Jason Drysdale. Flattered with all these men, um, but I cannot look past. I, yeah, I cannot disagree with a single word you said. I'm glad happy. because I was, that was that was really, going to start to get awkward. I think if you disagree, with yeah, that one. yeah, no, no, Robbo gets three. Right, that was straightforward. Let's move on to midfield. So, are we going? Are we going right to left again? Is that your preferred structure? Let's do that. Right, let's right let's, let's follow follow the pattern. Who's wearing the what I imagine is the number seven shirt? What, yeah. Who's wearing that? So I had uh, I had three players oh. on this. So I had Baisley, as I've already mentioned, as uh, right midfield. Nick Nick Wright, um, yep. and whether or not he yep. was right midfield or he sometimes was a forward, but I've put him as right midfield because I feel like he did most of his yeah. best work hugging the touchline and um, yeah just charging about, not hugging the touchline, but charging about on the right-hand side of the pitch. I kind of feel like in a, in a, I know that we don't, we don't want to talk too much about formations. He's tailor-made for a kind of the, 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 in a modern 4-3-3, the right-hand yeah. side attacker. And he would. in our 4-4-2, which we're talking about, and indeed he played in, yeah. it's an imperfect um, role, isn't it? Either right midfield or striker. Well, um, and the other thing about this was looking back on this, it's like there was a lot of period where we didn't play with any wingers at all. We just seemed to play with four, yeah. four blokes who's like to stand around in the middle <laughs> and yeah, exactly, <laughs> and kick people, but didn't really run very much with the ball. Like there weren't many natural uh, flair players. I think it's it's fair to say. So I had um, uh, not on the wings. So I had Basie Wright, and I also had uh, Bruce Dyer. Even though he only played oh, a handful of games, be. Um, but that yeah. was a, a short and sweet and explosive uh, uh, half a season on the right wing. Um, probably one of the most you know exciting periods of that part of the decade. When let's be honest, it was pretty bleak and unrewarding stuff a lot of the time. So so the teenage yeah, Bruce Dyer flying up and down the right wing and yeah, scoring. scoring in that game against palace yeah scoring yeah. lots of goals um uh you know actually actually genuinely scoring quite a few goals and setting up a lot for furlong as well that was that sort of three or four months when he was connecting with furlong a lot and they they looked like the best sort of attacking threat that we'd had in ages so so yeah. that's my yeah that's my three any yeah. builds on that i think Anything? um I, th- I think what I said about Wright applies to to Dyer as well. I think yeah. they occupy a kind of similar position or space, whereas Baisley is probably the most tailor made as a as a right winger or a right wide right mm. midfielder. Uh, he takes my pick. I love Nicky Wright. Um, 
Uh, he'll always be one of my favourite Watford players, not not just because of his his goal at Wembley, but because what he sort of personified and what he brought to that team and his, you know, I, I, there are um, there are is an element of every football club's fan base where you know if you try, that's probably good enough, and like you know, trying is somehow made to be this this incredible characteristic which is more important than skill, and I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. It was great to see a player like Nicky Wright, who was able to combine being a good footballer with trying very bloody hard in every game. <laughs> and, and like to the point where in the 60th minute of every match, he was having to be taken off because he couldn't couldn't run anymore. So <laughs> I love Nicky Wright, but he doesn't get the place in my team. I, I, I'm plumping for Baisley. Fair enough. I had plum- I, I'm denied about this one. And I'm going to controversially select the young Bruce Dyer. Oh, excellent. I like, I like that. I like that. Because, just because of a few times where I saw him absolutely skin fullbacks alive and the sight of, the sight of one of your own doing that. That was an extremely exciting period. Yeah. We weren't, we weren't renowned for being that sort of, team at the time where we there wasn't no, a lot no. of excitement in that in that time we were we tended to be ponderous and one paced with some skill you know furlong was around at the time yeah. and he was he was brilliant we'll talk about him i'm sure um but yeah bruce dyer gave us something to be really excited about so yeah part, even though he didn't play seat. that many, yeah exactly he didn't play he probably played it as you know a tenth of the games that i don't know david holdsworth played or something throughout yeah. the decade but um uh, oh, there was no, but, but, there was but no, that's fine. That's fine. There was no appearance criteria assigned to this before we started, so you know, uh, it, uh, there no, was no absolutely. sort of. Yeah. It's got no. to have played this amount of games. To oh be yeah, eligible. no, I quite agree. I think I, I will refer you to my earlier remark that you know you can. <laughs> this is this is some sort We're of. Vi- this is strictly vibes. We're strictly yeah, this is strictly vibes. vibes. You know, you can get into this team by playing well for a long time yeah. or by playing brilliantly for a short period of time. Yeah, and Bruce Dyer fits the latter category. Bruce Dyer's the latter, right? Centrocampista, then another as, uh, another thorny issue. Yeah, so it's another thorny issue. Um, yeah, yeah. Oof. I can think of six. Six this is, is like that, more that game show I where had. you have. Yeah, this is that game show where you have to go. Uh, do you choose <laughs> seven, or do I have to name them? <laughs> You have to is. name them now. You have to name them. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Can you give me? I liked what you did with the centre back. So can you give me a one-word remark on each of them? <laughs> I'll try. This is it's pure. It's pure vibes. You don't have to think pure about vibes. it. Pure vibes. Yeah. Richard Johnson. <laughs> no. Uh, I haven't got a one-word answer for Richard Johnson. I've, I've, shoot. Uh, yeah. Shoot. <laughs> Exactly. Sorry, why was that not the first thing that came to mind? Micah Hyde. Uh, now my, I think because you've put me on the spot here, I'm struggling with the words. Okay, um, I'll just rattle through them instead. Yes. Then that's probably better. I think that's probably... Richard John- yeah, let's do that. Richard Johnson, yeah. Micah Hyde, Craig Ramage, Andy Hessenthaler, Gary Porter, Steve Palmer. Oh, oh you've got Palmer in there. Well, he was in my centre-back list as well. I've just so, included him in centre midfield. We signed him as a centre midfielder, didn't we? And he ended up doing a, doing a lot of good work at centre-half, but um, played enough games at, in centre midfield, I think, interesting. To, to warrant inclusion. See, because the other one in there that um, uh, I wasn't sure about where to put him was Gary Porter, because he, although I think of him as being central, he often was sort of, he seems to be appearing... Left midfield quite a lot. He's in time. my left midfield list as well. Okay. I mean, and let's not forget that awful run of games where he played left back and was absolutely terrible. I remember him that. appearing in left midfield a lot, even though I never saw him like go past anyone in his entire career. And right? I think you've you kind of already alluded to this. You know, he was a kind of a, a, a shuttler and he tucked in a lot. So yeah. even if he was normally playing, you know, number 11 left midfield he would always tuck in he was he wasn't he was never going to beat his man on the outside and get to the byline was he no um all right well let's get to the let's get to the meat in the sandwich we're talking richard johnson absolute legend 
lethally, like an, an actual lethal shot. Lethal as in it would potentially actually, actually put you in hospital. It would potentially kill you if you took one in yeah. the face. Um, yeah. uh, his his midfield partner in crime, Micah Hyde, who you know, lovely. Lovely runs forward from midfield, eye for goal, great sort of timing of runs into the box and mm-hmm. um, uh, 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 a very sort of languid, effortless style on the ball. Um, Hessen Tyler, one of the most incredible engines, I think, that you will see in a in a central midfielder, just went up and down for 90 minutes and also scored some really important goals for Watford as well. He um, did. He did that breaking through from midfield thing, didn't yeah, he? To, yeah, yeah. He was a, a, quite a, a, tight, a tidy footballer, Hessen Tyler, and made everything tick, didn't he? If he was if he was on it, then he could sort of bring the rest of the team with him a little bit as well, a real leader. Yeah. Um, and Ramage. Ramage, mm. I think we talked about Ramage a lot. There was, a, a, for, for all the <laughs> for all the problems, for all the coming back from holiday to stone overweight and <laughs> yeah. refusing to refusing to train properly and generally being an all-round flash bastard, he could do some wonderful things on the football pitch. And, he kind of, and... and yeah, that is also, what you go to see, isn't it? That's Unfortunately. What you go to see. He also sort of represents the 90s in, he does. Uh, for Watford in, in a way that some of these other players don't. Uh, uh, but he does more than some others, I should say. But um, Yeah, yeah. In, in a sort of like, he's, you know, a bit... A bit there's a, there's a, a hint of faded glory of what might have been <laughs> in yeah. Ramage. You know, there's something there. Uh, something to cling on to, but it, it makes appearances all too frequently. Um, but but there's still that sort of that that hint of magic there, and and when it does come together, it's you know it's worth it. Actually, is worth it. He sends you home happy. Um, yeah. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. This tough one. I I tell you my first. No, so the one first one for me that has to be in there. That I didn't really am an R about that I put my asterisks next to you straight away was was Richard Johnson. Yeah. Um because he played for you know over half of the decade and there was a a real you could actually see the improvement in his game as the decade progressed as well and the evolution of him Very from true. a rookie. He got better every season, didn't he? He got better every season and by the end of the decade he was, you know, one of the best midfielders that the club had produced i think one of the mm-hmm. most reliable players but actually like a player of some real like genuine quality who's yeah who's overall like i think that where he ended up as like as far as he got in the game was cut short by injury as we talked about i think he would have reached higher levels still if he hadn't have had that really horrific injury i think he would have played more games in the top flight for another club um but uh, regardless of all of that, phenomenal player um, and has to be in our team of the 90s for me. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Second pick. You can go first. <laughs> yeah, I um, essentially this, essentially was choosing between Hyde and Hessenthal. Mm-hmm. And I think you could make a case for either. I think Hessenthal is rise from non-league i mean it's just, just a story other than vardy i mean when does this ever happen mm. plucked from non-league obscurity and and became a central figure in, in that team of that time um i don't really care about the manner of his departure i think we probably discussed nah. this in one of our, like I'm, I'm absolutely i'm so unbothered i just do not care and find yeah. the people who do get bothered about that sort of stuff i find them very strange Sorry to all of our listeners who I've just offended. So I think it's either Johnson and Hessenthaler. So so we are talking about vibes here. Johnson and Hessenthaler feels a little bit too defensive. And also Johnson and Hyde, you've got that. Johnson holds, Hyde breaks through, and they are just so associated with each other anyway. Mm. They seem to be great mates. They were brilliant on the pitch together. So for me, it's quite predictably probably Johnson and Hyde. I had the same, but then I also was pondering whether peak Jono with peak Ramage oh. 
what would that have been like? What a thought experiment that is. Yeah, like, what a thought like, experiment. Like yeah, what a thought experiment. Would that have worked? I don't know. I'd love to have seen it. Seen it happen. I mean, obviously, they they would have played lots of games together. Yeah, their team in the their time in the team. I, they did. Overlapped. They did play together in ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, they did play together. But but I think like I'm thinking like Johnson in sort of like ninety seven, ninety eight. Oh yeah, no, ninety nine. I understand, I understand what you mean. Yeah, where yeah. he was actually a more he was a more experienced player and having a lot more influence yeah. on games. Um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen peak Jono, peak Ramage, but yeah. because we didn't, I'm going with Hyde. Yeah. But yeah. yes, absolutely. It probably wouldn't have worked because by that point, the reason I think, I think, I think it has to be Hyde because the reason they were so effective was because they, they dovetailed so nicely, didn't they, as a pair and they complemented each other so well. And um, without Hyde, if it was peak Johnson and peak Ramage, Pete Ramage was still a lazy bastard um, uh, who would yes. just wander around the pitch, like waving his arms at people if he didn't get the ball enough. And uh, that probably was not going to, that's not going to work, was it? Wasn't going to work. So, um, no, it wasn't going to work. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Um, we've actually agreed on something there. So that's good. Um, <laughs> on to the left. Uh, and again, same problems as you know in defining people to play on this side as I had with right midfield, in the sense yeah. that there weren't many, there were very few wingers um, uh, that yeah. we had in this time. So I had, um, but the people who popped up there most during the nineties who you know didn't disgrace themselves, uh, <laughs> which is that's a very negative way of looking at, it, but. Gary Porter, Peter Kennedy, who we've already mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. I also had, and this is another brief, brief, brief but bright, um, uh, or maybe not brief but bright, but brief. Stuart Slater, I had. Uh, I wondered if you'd say him. Yeah. I had him as well. Of, I think he only scored one goal. It was an absolute beauty. I think it won goal. It was goal a of the brilliant season. goal, wasn't it? Lovely um, goal. Vincey got very carried away on the comms for that one. Vincey absolutely loved Slater, didn't he? He effing loves him absolutely. Like I, I, I think I think Vince would have Slater in in his team. I, I, I remember seeing him a couple of times where he just had fullback absolutely on toast and was yeah. running players ragged. But it's one of those ones where if he was. Playing at the level that he was, he'd shown he was capable of earlier in his career. Then he wouldn't have been at Watford. The reason he sort of ended up at Watford is because he's had quite a few injuries, I think, and it's, yeah. you know he just wasn't able to sustain his form for long enough. And yeah. Taylor gave yeah. him quite a lot of chances, and uh, I think he just wasn't able to either stay fit or, or yeah. keep his form at the required level. Showed showed signs of brilliance still, but for that reason, yeah, he can't. I can't, I can't, I can't pick him as much as I wanted to because I, I wanted to because I wanted to have, and I wanted to have another winger who would go past players. Yeah, in my you want a bit team, of balance, don't you? Want yeah. a bit of balance, but um, Gary Porter, you've already discussed. I think, and it's weird that I'm struggling to find a place for Porter because he was in many yeah. ways Mister Nineties in terms of the amount of football. He kind made. of was. Yeah, I agree. I mean, his his. His Watford career kind of kind of ended with a something of a whimper. Yeah, um, broke his leg, didn't he, and then didn't play again um, when his contract was up. But he was responsible for one of the defining moments of the yeah. or matches, I suppose, of the nineties. Part of a match, if you even yeah. will do that. Um, so yeah, I I love Gary Porter, and I had him in my team when I first wrote it down. But then I changed it to Kennedy. Mm. Um, Agreed. I would, you know, if we had if we had a, a long list of subs, Porter would definitely be one of them. Um, but I thought Kennedy is, we're not picking players based on their versatility, but I love the way that he could play left back, he could play left wing back, he could play as a left winger. And for a period of time, he was the most dangerous player on in our team and was scoring all the time. And scoring yeah. some really good goals, and again, you know, we, I think, I think it was Pete kind of kind of mentioned, you know, we picked him up, picked him up from Knox County, hadn't we? And uh, mm. Pete mentioned uh, a discussion with Graham Taylor about that, and uh, 
but, but uh, and I bring that up because I think he kind of came from nowhere. Essentially, mm. I can't think that many Watford fans would have known who he was, even mm. in that period. You know, even in that period back then, we we signed lots of players who we wouldn't have known who they were because we don't have the the same level of access to information as we do now. But but even that that was a who like you know he couldn't get in the Notts County team and we're signing him and um, mm. immediately um, became a fixture in the side and was responsible for lots of great moments and he scored two against Luton in that famous 4-0 win which like anyone who saw that or was well you know was around at the time can't, can't possibly forget yeah Kennedy gets it for me yeah and I think he was actually like he was even though he wasn't a he wasn't a, a left winger who would necessarily sort of it's, it's, turn fullbacks inside out he would he would get it wide he would put decent crosses in and he did get he was very he could be very like you said he was very naturally attacking he would had good yeah. attacking instincts scored some great goals scored some really important goals um absolutely deserves his place in this team and also epitomizes that 90s aspect of Watford of just finding someone who had been kind of overlooked and uh and, yeah. and somehow through the sheer, again, the sheer power of Taylor's vibes was able to uh, turn him, turn this sort of not, this player who'd been discarded by Notts County into uh, um, one of the best wide men in the division overnight. Um, no one knows how he did it. The strange alchemy of GT, but. <laughs> yeah, one of those magic <laughs> he, potions, I'm when sure. He went, yeah. When he went shopping in the lower reaches of the football league, that's when it was like other managers beware because <laughs> he's he's going to find gonna, something. He's going to polish this one. He's, he's going to be yeah, good. It's going to be good. Something's going to happen. He's going to sprinkle that dust on it. So just don't give him big big money to spend. That's all. Just keep him on the Notts counties of this world, and uh, exactly that, all will yeah. be fine. All will be fine. Um, right. Right, that gives us a functioning midfield. So two to go, two strikers. Mm-hmm. I've got a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Any advance on nine? One, two, you don't know who they three, are. Four, five, six, seven, eight. I have. Oh, this um, would be an interesting one. Then who are your eight? My eights are Wilkinson and Penrice. Yeah. Uh. Paul Furlong, Kevin Phillips, Tommy Mooney, David Connolly, Gifton Noel Williams, and uh, Michelle and Gongi would be uh, oh, interesting. Um, interesting, yeah. That Michelle is a long list. Yeah, my, my long list um, is, uh, I think, for obvious reasons, there's a name here that we've already mentioned. Uh, Paul Furlong, Bruce Dyer, Tommy Mooney, Paul Wilkinson, Kevin Phillips. Gifton Noel Williams, Gary Penrice, Alan Smart, David Connolly. Smart, I missed out Smart, yeah. No, no, he deserves, deserves a place on the long list at least. He deserves um, consideration. Consideration. Um, so, this could take a while. Let's... <laughs> let's clear uh, the next hour. Let's clear... Let's just, we're now going you got any extend. meetings coming up? We might have to break this into two parts now and let's start with the ones who i'm not uh, i'm not gonna i'm gonna take forward into the final okay. round they're not gonna okay i like this approach. Yeah. yes yeah yes. so honorable mentions for i think for me for michelle and gongi yeah. um who i absolutely loved uh but was you know we, we discussed we discussed his blessings and his limitations. It was brilliantly limited, wasn't it? Brilliantly limited. Um, and Alan Smart, who could look like one of the most gifted centre forwards in the league on his day, but that day was not often enough for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, Bruce Dyer, I think I... I, I'm, but you can't have him twice. I can't have him twice. Start. I've already got him on right midfield. Um, so unless he's on your, uh, uh, you know, real, real shortness, I'm um, no, scrubbing him. And David Connolly, mm-hmm. because there's just no, no. However, however good we may have thought he was at the time, there's absolutely no way I can accept him in the uh, um, uh, team of the '90s. That would just be 
that would that would be blasphemy. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. So let's get rid of all of them. Okay. That leaves us with um, uh, Pemrice, Wilkinson, Phillips, Furlong, Mooney, and Gifton. I believe we still got six people left. Who would you yeah. who would who would you scrub first from that list? Um, Penrith. Yeah, love him. Porno, brilliant. <laughs> His uh, dovetailing with Paul Wilkinson mm-hmm. was a rare highlight of the early nineties when we were going through the the likes of the the Lee years, the the Perriman years, whatever it was. And enjoyed his sort of cameo coming back as a as a centre central midfielder, which was weird, but nice <laughs> to have him back. Um, I think he was he was great, um, but he I'm I'm not taking him through. Yeah, agreed. So that leaves Wilkinson, Furlong, Phillips, Mooney, and Gifton. And mm. now we're getting into now we're talking. Serious now it's kind of like which, now, which of your family members do you like the least, isn't it? Yeah. It's that sort of level of conversation. It is that level of conversation. It is that level of conversation. And we could extol the virtues of all of these. Maybe we ought yeah. to, uh, rather than rather than making them walk the plank. Um you love Paul Furlong, don't you? Would you would you like to say anything more about Paul Furlong that you haven't already said in previous episodes? Well, apart from him being the most complete centre forward that England produced in the 1990s then yeah I think I don't really need to say much more than that about Paul Furlong I think uh, he had had it all Matt he had it all he did he had Um, it all and then some didn't he and then some Um, so I as 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 far as I'm concerned I don't think I do have anything more to say about Paul Furlong I think if I start then I'll just it'll be another Mm five you minute rambling monologue and no yeah. one needs to hear that again um, yeah we could see this we could say this about everybody i mean tommy mooney i mean he was he was a center back he was a right midfielder he was a striker <laughs> he was he was everything and did some really great work in that promotion season didn't mm. he? he was amazing and to have him from what 93 through to uh you know into the beginning of the next decade um and for him to play such an important role Fantastic. Loved yeah. it to bits. And Good gradually way. became more, it was like the end of the decade where it became more of an out-and-out centre-forward and became more prolific yeah. as a centre-forward as well. He found his, um, he kind of filled out, found his position and and took to it. Yeah, yeah. A clever, a, more of a clever player than I think given credit for um, Mooney and I think, you know, could play in, Yeah, well, he was very adaptable and he could play in lots of different teams and play with different players as well. Um Paul Wilkinson was another one that we both loved. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was a phenomenal centre forward for Watford's, a, you know, real proper, proper striker, get on the end of things. Yeah, um, target man. Tar- yeah, target man, but target man makes it sound like he was. He wasn't bit, one dimensional. No, he wasn't yeah. an immobile lump. Like he no. would. He would get about and he would yeah. make a real nuisance of himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could play the ball up to him and it'd stick. And yeah, but but he was not. He wasn't without skill and excellent finisher. You know, excellent finisher. Probably yeah. had to feed off his own scraps in that team for the most part. Other yeah. than when Penrose was was around. So yeah, yeah. wonderful. Um, Gifton, one of the most exciting products of the youth team. Like ever i think i don't I, that might sound ridiculous but i actually think he was uh uh because of the, the 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 age that he came into the team and started playing regularly up front as a a teenager as a proper teenager and being able to impose yourself on like battle hardened center backs in the football league and start to Bully them when you're 18 years old, making a mockery of them and, uh, you know, embarrassing them, but doing it with such a sort of fun attitude, fun fun way of playing and uh, just enjoyment for the game and being just really bloody good as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looked like he was just on an unbelievable trajectory to... Uh, to the, to the top of the game, Gifton, and we talked about this 
a lot like how you know, tragic it was the injury that he had and the it was great that he still had a career after that but um but phenomenal that sort of season the, the first half of the season that he played in the uh, uh, 98-99 I think is he was just fantastic to watch during that period um yeah and he'd been building up to that he'd been sort of putting it together bit by bit for the last two or three seasons since coming into the team and it was all it was all starting to come together for him then yeah um and then Kevin Phillips who I was I just you know I don't think I've ever seen a, a player come into the team and just immediately look like so at home in front of goal and just provide mm. that sort of just 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 provide a goal threat so so effortlessly he didn't seem to really do he just appeared in the team and all of a sudden it was like oh we've got a player who can stick the ball away and seems to keep appearing on the end of and suddenly you're just like where why can't all of our forwards do this like you just yeah exactly why are they went, not all as gifted as in poaching as he is yeah exactly. because he didn't yeah. seem to have any he didn't have the sort of strength or pace of some of the other players that we've described He's just always there, and he just the ball would just arrive. And he was at him. even in the air as well, right? No. You know, it's like, it's like he was he was not a not a tall man. Um, yeah, some of his some you know, regularly scoring goals at the far post with his head, amazing yeah. stuff. And then obviously the you know the record that he had after leaving Watford speaks for itself in terms of the amount of goals that he scored. It's just incredible, astonishing. Um, yeah, so tough, tough choices to be made now, but. They must be made. Yeah, they must be made. Um, yeah, do you, do you want to venture anything? Well, are, are you willing willing to? Uh... I'm willing. I'm willing to put. So, first name on the sheet for me is is Paul Furlong. Um, I would. I would. I would. I'd probably pick him. To be fair, I'd probably pick him in my all time Watford team. That's how much I loved Pete Paul Furlong. I just thought he was so yeah. good. That yeah, uh, that he'd probably be getting in there ahead of you know ahead of anyone. To be honest, like uh, <laughs> it's just maybe where my objectivity is uh, uh, completely gone down the pan. But he was an absolute monster on his day in terms of just being able to do it all up front and do it in a, a really limited team. Uh, and I think like it would have been great if we'd had a player like him at the end of the decade when that. Taylor had put that team together. If we'd had a centre forward like that, um, or if Roder had had one, had him in 94, 95, then, yeah. you know, the difference that that might have made to that team. I think it's unfortunate that we had him at a time when the rest of the team was really quite weak. But for me, um, yeah. two two outstanding seasons in Paul Watford sides, scoring, you know, 20 goals a season, has to be, has to be Paul Furlong for me. You'll be pleased to know then that I have also selected Paul we're, Furlong. We're still friends. We're still friends. Yes, it's good. It survives another day. Good. That's good. My second one is really hard. Uh, and I have been, even whilst we've been having this conversation, I've been, been I've, I've been having doubts about who to pick for the second one. Yes. Because I think for the, the five that we just mentioned, you can make a, they could all, they could all get in on, in, in different, Merit, I don't think actually. anybody would raise their eyebrows at any of those selections. I went with I went with Kevin Phillips. I went with Kevin Phillips Ooh, because I think he was, uh, even though like his overall contribution was not what I would have wanted it to be in the nineties. It might sound that might sound ridiculous compared to like a Mooney or a Wilkinson, um, uh, but. Um, I I just like Phillips as ten grand from Bulldog was just that that again sort of epitomised the the nineties Watford to be able to find a player at Bulldog Town um, who was a, a a cast off who'd sort of fallen out <laughs> yeah. of yeah. professional football who then is it a, a play that can like realistically a, a a man in the crowd could buy yeah you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You go to the you go to the the bank and take out a loan and buy. Yeah, it. so I could remortgage my house and buy Kevin Phillips. Mm. Yeah, sign him for your pub team. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, 
and I also just loved we never he was always like the problem with Phillips is that he never had the right partner to play with, did he? That was a big part of the problem. Well, that he had him a, being about twenty different partners, didn't he, in his yeah. short time. Yeah. Imagine Kevin Phillips and Paul Furlong together. Yeah, like, you may be changing my mind here. That would be I that would be cooking. That would be cooking, I think. That is a partnership That's that a I partnership. can get excited about. Yeah. Um but I can tell you had a different uh uh, a strike partner for I went long. for a, a double left footed attack. I went for Furlong and Mooney. Oh. Because and it's more vibes, I think. I think Mooney just I think that would work, you know. I still think that would work. I, I think I think it worked because they weren't exactly the same. I mean, um no. Furlong was was graceful and elegant and strong and fast, technically very good. Uh Mooney was some of those things as well you know a, a great deal of those things um but he kind of brought a i spoke earlier didn't i about kind of up and atom and attitude and vibes just trying vibes. hard mooney's the one that brings that to our to my front line um I'm, i make no apologies about that i think yeah i think the two of them would would work together i do like that furlong and phillips but um but yeah, but but I think it's it's difficult for me to leave out Mooney, yeah. Based on based on what he did for Watford in the nineties, there is a danger always with this sort of exercise that you end up just picking that ninety seven ninety eight team, yeah. You know, or 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 the team the following season, and yeah. You know, there are pl- plenty of those in our 11s that we've discussed, and but Fur- Furlong's not in it, um, and I'm happy with that. I'm happy with Furlong up front with with Mooney alongside him. I think that's. That spans most of the decade, really, doesn't it? It does span most of the decade. It definitely does. Um, I like that a lot as well. I, I, I could probably wake up tomorrow and, and go with something different, but that was where I, I could. I like, tomorrow, I might pick Wilkinson and Noel Williams. You know, <laughs> because why? Why? Because who why could not? really argue against that? Yeah. I mean, that's also great. So. Yeah. <laughs> I might go with. Uh, Keith Dublin and David Holzer. No, I won't go with that because I've, <laughs> I've seen them play together and it wasn't pretty. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't pleasant for anybody. Least of all them. <laughs> all right. So I think we've comp- we've got quite a lot of overlap there. There's only a couple of areas where our yeah uh, our, we've 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 our paths have diverged a little bit, and and that's good because you know it's a game of opinions and yeah. Um, it would be boring if we both picked the exact same 11s. Maybe we can post our teams on the internet and... Uh, oh, we could do that, couldn't we? Yeah. yeah. People could laugh at them. People we? could laugh at them and uh, and tell us how we've got it terribly, terribly wrong. So um, so why don't we do that and we can ask people to share their 11s yeah. as well. Should we just run through ours just for, just for finality's sake? Yeah. Let's do it. So I had uh, Miller in goal. A back four of Nigel Gibbs, Robert Page, Keith Millen, and Paul Robinson. In midfield, Darren Baisley, Richard Johnson, Mike Hyde, and Peter Kennedy. And up front, I had Paul Furlong and Tommy Mooney. Mm-hmm. I think that, looking at that on paper, both my fullbacks can play centre-back and a push. And both my wide midfielders can play fullback, so I think that's quite neat. That could eat. I, you could swap that and play five three two with the same personnel, and do you think that would work quite well? So I'm happy with that as a kind of. Oh, of course, you can always just stick Mooney back in defence if you absolutely needed to. Um, we haven't talked about subs, and that wasn't part of the brief at all. But I think I'd probably have Chamberlain as the keeper. I think it's you're only allowed three. You're only allowed three, three subs. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, mid nineties. Yeah. You have. Three subs, including keeper. So it'd be Chamberlain. I'd, I'd need a defensive sub, which would be Steve Palmer, because yeah. he could play anywhere. And you'd need a striker. And I'd want someone quite different to my strikers. So I'd pick... My heart would say not Williams, but I think in uh, in tactical, tactical terms, I'd have to pick Kevin Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got... They would be managed by Colin Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Surely our nineties manager has to be uh, uh, permanent neck pain, Steve Perriman. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, forty-five degree Perriman. Yeah, sponsored by local osteopaths. Um, 
So I've got David James in goal. Get a same back four as you, Gibbs. Oh, no, I haven't got the same back four as you. So David James in goal, Gibbs, Page, Inspector Gadget, Foster, and yeah. uh, Paul Robinson. And then uh, uh, a midfield of Bruce Dyer, Micah Hyde, Richard Johnson, and Peter Kennedy, and uh, Paul Furlong and Kevin Phillips up front. I think the, the added pace on that right wing of Bruce Dyer is, is going to cause defences trouble there, I think. Uh, yeah, you've got, a, you've got a dangerous team there. On the, got a dangerous the team. Um, he's probably not going to do much tracking back, but, you know, he can uh, add... But you've got Gibbs, Gibbs behind him to, exactly. to worry about that. Gibbs can look after that left flank for me, can't he? Um, subs, uh, yeah, I would I would also have Chambo because I think he's just, you know, Mr. Dependable as his sub-goalkeeper, isn't he? You could throw him into any scenario and he's going to come on and... He'll be, he'll be ready. Steady. He'll be ready. Um, Steve Palmer has to be a sub because he can basically play everywhere um, yeah. across the back and in midfield. And then I would have... Um, I'd have Mooney as my son, mm. uh, my taxi again because he's he's versatile and you know you chuck him on with twenty minutes to go. He'll come on, wave, get his fist pumping, and get the crowd up and uh, impact sub, impact Love sub it. exactly. So uh, that team would you know we probably finish fifteenth, fifteenth, fifteenth in the old Ensley first division. Uh, yeah. Uh, score about 60 goals, concede 59. Uh, <laughs> it would, uh, there'd be about three consecutive nil-nil draws at home uh, yeah. played out in front of about 8,000 Grimsby, Rotherham and who else? Yeah, exactly. And then they'd, they'd win seven of the last eight and finish in 15th. And, uh, uh, yeah, and everyone would go home happy in everyone the summer would go because home they happy. ended the season well. Yeah, They'd end the season with and a 5-0 we'll, a, a win. And it would buy, some, buy we'll have a combined transfer expenditure of, let's say, 20 grand in the summer <laughs> for reinforcements. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that team play. There we go. Excellent. That was a lot of fun. Um, it was. So we will, we're will. we going to share our teams on, on, on Twitter and you're welcome to call us clueless idiots who don't know what we're talking about um, and share your own tweet, your own teams with us. And uh, maybe we will try to find that out into a combined uh, uh, team of the 90s, but probably not because I don't think, I think there's certain areas there where we're, we're not budging. So, uh, um, no, there's no room for consensus 11s in this. No in room this for consensus no. 11s. No, no. But beyond this uh, Zoom call, anyway. No, maybe, maybe uh, uh, Matt can put these into his supercomputer and uh, crunch the data and see whose team would have come out on top uh, in, yeah. a, in, a, in, a, in a simulated environment. Um, so, thank you for listening um we are going to take a break for christmas and uh we will let you know via the usual social media channels if there's some more content coming your way in the new year but i hope everyone has a great christmas and thank you for listening cheers matt lovely thanks a lot really enjoyed that thanks everybody oh cheers oh My word! Oh, no wonder the smiles are there!